This is Kaylee, Jenny, and Amanda. We're betrayal trauma therapists experiencing betrayal trauma, and we are not the experts. <laughs> I don't know how to do it when it's recording. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about this because it's relevant for me today. Um, and it's actually from someone from group right now reaching out to me, but could mm -hmm. be applicable to, I've felt this way with clients, um, people from mm -hmm. group, stories, movies, uh, especially movies and shows where mm -hmm. something's just hitting close to home. And it's a little, like, a lot of times I'm fine and I can hear crazy stories and I can mm -hmm. be really objective, but sometimes it's just a piece of it is hitting close too close to home. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, all day today, I've kind of been supporting her and texting back and forth and we talked on the phone and, um, you know, it's almost, and she's going through a, a, some of what I went through, but it's her first few days of it. Mm. Um, and so it's so fresh and raw. And so mm -hmm. I think I can talk about this. I talk about this all the time in therapy. Yeah. I hear all these stories and I feel some days completely desensitized to it. Um, yeah. Where I can just be like, yeah, that happens. You know? <laughs> totally. yeah. But um, yeah, today it was just like, oh, okay, this is now um, bringing up stuff for me, and what do I do about that? And then it reminded me of, and I'm sure I told you this, Kaylee, like way back at the beginning of my recovery, but I had a sponsor, my first sponsor, which took me a year to get. I didn't get a sponsor for about a year. Mm -hmm. um, and then I finally did, and I chose her because she, her husband had acted out in the same way that mm -hmm. mine, and there weren't many in the group that that it had that I felt that similarity with, and so um, I chose her, thinking, "Oh, finally, there's someone I can talk to about all the crazy stuff in my head and all these stories and everything." But every time I talked to her and tried to, she would shut it down. Like I, I could tell she did not want to go there and she mm -hmm. was like six years post discovery. And, um, it was so surprising to me and it was sad for me. It was a loss for me because I literally yeah. needed someone who had, I felt like I needed someone who had been through the same stuff um, to that level who I could say all these details to and they could right. listen, but like actually, hear them. <laughs> she did not want to hear them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And now I get it. Like fi I'm finally getting it now that I'm yeah. several years out where I'm like, Oh, that's it. Like I said, just a little too close to home. <laughs> You're like, and now I'm back in it. And now I'm hurt. Like now I feel like, oh, now I'm that. And I've, I'm not because I'm still like 
giving space for it and um I'm not right. shutting it down. Like I'm You're letting her open up and share yeah. her details and yeah. I'm conscious of it, so I'm actively trying not to shut it down and Right. You know. But yeah, I'm I guess I'm getting this aha moment today of oh <laughs> that's, that's why she did that. <laughs> that's why she did that because it hurts to think about. Yeah, totally. And so hearing other people's stories is a huge trigger. I know for me, like it was a foundational reason why I didn't really reach out to any support. Mm-hmm. I kind of, tr- I mean, I didn't really have a whole lot of resources, but I actually wasn't really looking for very many that had, that were outside of just my own little self because I didn't want to hear other people's stories. I didn't want to know where this could lead. And I really didn't want to hear like the stories of other people's husbands, right? I didn't want to know what other people's partners were doing. Part of me wanted to know, but when I would hear them or read them, because I was really mostly reading stuff, um, I was like, and that's too much for me to hear that story. And so I didn't even go to 12 step for like six years or something. Like I didn't even really start into groups. And then when I did go to groups, I was like almost shielding myself emotionally. Like I'm different. I'm different than these people because I can't handle hearing these stories, you know? Whereas I was sitting in 12 step immediately after and pissed off at everyone because they wouldn't talk about their husbands. Like I'm like, Um, this is so annoying. Yeah. Let's self-improve. But let's go around the room and say what everybody's husbands did so that I can <laughs> feel like I'm not an alien. <laughs> like I right. more and more and more. And I wanted to confront every person at the end of group and be like, so what's your story? How can I, how are we? You're like, what did he do? Let's just say <laughs> it. Just spit it out. And, Cause I was actually starving for, more details and more stories and um, like, let's get into the icky nitty gritty because I'm already there, but I feel like I'm just there by myself. Like all alone. Right. And so then when I, I I had two different sponsors and um, they were great. They were awesome. I don't think it was like, I was never vulnerable enough with them. And so then like my relationship with you, where I was telling my whole story, but also telling his whole story, was so healing because his story is part of my story. You know, when we're still married, when we're still in that relationship, I imagine even when you're not anymore, it's part of your story because it was going on when you didn't know it. And so that was really healing. But, um, but yeah, initially, like you're saying, you want people to tell their stories so you can hear them. And so hearing your story, it was like, <gasps> I'm not alone, mm-hmm. you know, partly your responses, but also just, I don't know, all of it together. Like, yeah. Do you hear things in therapy sometimes that are that yes. <laughs> reminiscent? <laughs> yes. I feel like my biggest trigger now, and you know, hopefully if my clients listen to this, then they're not all worried. <laughs> like, oh, I better not say anything. I'll freak her out. That's the thing we should clarify. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine to be it's, triggered. It's normal to be triggered. I'm just yeah. 
saying it out loud today that I'm having this experience. I don't wish that this girl from group wasn't calling me. I'm so glad she is calling me because I can relate to her. Right. And it needs that. So right. I, and I, I'm willing to be triggered. Yes, exactly. And I think also where you're putting a good point to it, which is like, you know, even if you're 14 years in, right, or five years in or 10 years in, you're still going to have triggers. And yeah. I think when you hear that, like if you're day one listening to this podcast, you might be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but don't you worry, you won't be like tearing your skin off like you are today with your triggers. Um, it's very different. And so exactly like I can handle it, I can manage it. But yes, absolutely. So um, and having awareness is huge, right? Like you're saying to go, oh, this is what's happening for me. Um, for me, um, because my husband's had sobriety for so long, my biggest triggers aren't actually to the past as much anymore, uh, lately, I guess, maybe this year, but more sometimes when I hear people's stories, I'll, I'll think, gosh, am I being swindled? <laughs> like, cause I can hear how, you know, how, um, stealthy addicts can be. And so, and then you hear certain behaviors people are doing and, and I'll go, oh gosh, you know? So I have to go home and be like, babe, look me in the eyes, you know? And then I dig into my intuition, I'm like, okay, we're good. But so I think that's more my big thing is that I have to put that on the shelf. Like, okay, I'll, I'll think about that later. Yes. Um, but it is disturbing mm -hmm. because, and I think that's a big question. And I was thinking it for years before, like, am I ever going to trust him? And so now these days I kind of feel like 98%, 97%, right? Like, no, you'll never 100% trust this person again. Maybe 97 is a little generous, let's be honest. But, um, you know, I think there'll always be that part that kind of has the wonderment, but it's okay. Like, I guess I feel like I'm prepared to, for if that was the case, I came home and he spilled the beans. I'd be like, well, I know what I'm going to do because I have my boundaries in place. Right. I'd be destroyed. Let's be honest. Right. I'd be totally destroyed. It's not like it's fine. But yeah. anyway, I guess that's what I would say. Yes, I get triggered. But these days, I mean, in the past, it was more flashbacks and memories and pictures. But now it's more just like right now in this moment, am I safe? Yes, I think maybe. And I have to put that on the shelf. Come back to it. Yeah. Um, as you're saying that, I think I'm thinking one of my biggest triggers, um, is with my addicts because I really put a lot of work into meeting with them and empathizing with them and caring yeah. about them and putting my stuff to the side and just really seeing them for them and and then if I find out that they've been lying to me, uh, I feel some betrayal. I'm not. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. okay, not nearly to the same degree. I am not married to you. And this is not against me at all. But yeah. um, I get kind of like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I've put like, I have been rooting for you this whole time and like helping you keep your marriage by, 
you know, helping your wife <laughs> and like framing you in like the best possible way. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and you're freaking lying to me. So it hasn't happened yeah. to me, but, and I act, you know, I will show a little frustration, but, um, but I tell them in the first session, if you lie to me, that's okay. I get it. I'll be happy when you tell the truth and I won't be, um, judging you because I know that it's, it's just part of the addiction and you have to grow to trust me and stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely triggering because it's another man lying about his addiction and yeah, you think as the therapist that things are moving along or something like that. And Anyway. Yeah. And I, th- and I think, you know, as therapists without betrayal who aren't working with people with addictions, maybe when you build, you know, we're supposed to be these experts. I don't know that don't, you know, obviously you have to have all these boundaries and stuff like that, but you still care about people. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the reality is if you have any client that lies to you, man, woman, you know, there is a sense of betrayal. If you've been helping them down one track and then, they say, just kidding. True. That was not going on. Or their partner comes in and gives you like the real scoop. Mm-hmm. And you're going, oh. Oh, yeah. That there's happened. a betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a betrayal on that end. But then, yeah, I mean, add on top of that our own betrayal. And mm-hmm. then, you know, add on top of that, um, that you're working with an addict um, that yeah. is going to be especially triggering. And so, yeah, like managing that transference as they use in the therapy world um and you know noticing how you're well i guess counter transference whatever noticing how you're responding to that to your clients is so important right um and and it's it's triggering so yeah that reminds me too i read an article a psychology article um a few years ago and it listed it was named like um, reasons why clients lie to therapists. So I read it. It had like eight reasons or something. And for myself, I had done like four of them in my own therapy, like in my own personal therapy sessions. With your therapist. Because <laughs> it's so funny because when I first started reading the article, I'm like, oh, yeah, those freaking clients lying to you. It's so annoying. Let me read these reasons. And then I'm reading them and I'm like, oh yeah, I've done that. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> it's stuff like, um, you know, minimizing the amount of something or like minimizing, yeah. like instead of saying, I was up crying all night long, I would say, yeah, it was really hard. You know? <laughs> um, but I was okay. That was okay, and look at me now, you know, because it's anyway. And then I think my biggest one was lying to control the conversation, which um, I don't know. This one's hard because as the client, sometimes you know that. Um, did I tell you about my last couple session? yet uh start talking and then so so like for example um we were just in our last couple session and we spent the whole first 20 minutes talking about sex 
And eventually, because I know I don't want to spend the session talking about that, I want to talk about something else. Mm-hmm. And it's just a distraction. And he's just like getting the story, which I don't need to tell. Like, anyway, I eventually, yeah. after like 20 or 25 minutes, I just said, I don't want to talk about sex in this session. <laughs> and that's because I've learned how to be assertive. Uh-huh. Hey, I'm in here for an hour and this is what I want to work on. Instead of yeah. my past pattern would be more to um, lie. It's technically a lie, but um, like downplay or sugarcoat oh, yeah. that topic and go to a new topic. Yeah, kind of a form of like unintentional manipulation. Yes, yes. I'm trying to manage the conversation. And so I'm going to say that really is not a big of that big of a deal. Like I'm not bothered by it, even though maybe I am super bothered by it. But I just know that the therapist is annoyingly catching <laughs> on to it and like wants to spend time there. <laughs> and I know because I'm that annoying therapist sometimes. It's like, wait, wait, wait we're going to stay here. Wait, 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 we're going to stay on. here. <laughs> the client's like, <laughs> Anyway, that's kind of a tangent. But it was funny to read that article and be like, oh. Yeah. Well, I think it's scary, you know, because when you were talking earlier, I know we're getting off from triggers, but it's fine. <laughs> um, we'll get to that today or another day. But um, when you were talking about, when you said, like, I tell the addict, you know, if you lie, it's fine, which you didn't say it that way, but right. <laughs> that concept of like, you're probably going to lie. Right. And when you come and tell me the truth, I won't hate you. Right. Um, you know, as a therapist, a therapist, I'm like, of course you have to say that. I mean, and it's not a manipulation. Like we do care about them. We know that what they're going through is incredibly vulnerable, incredibly hard. They've been generally lying about it a good portion of their life. And this is completely new territory. It's it's uncharted territory. And so odds are good. They're going to lie. And some of it may be unintentional. So we need to help them understand that we're still there for them. We're not going to abandon them when they decide to like pull out the big guns eventually. Right. And as a wife who's experienced betrayal and when I'm with my clients who've been in betrayal, like that's really scary (laughs) to hear. I think that could be triggering to hear you say that because like, what do you mean? It's okay if he lies. What do you mean? Like, aren't you going to just like milk it out of him? Get the truth, man. Yeah, that doesn't really work. But yeah, it's a nice idea. (laughs) Right. I've said in session, I am not a trained interrogator and I'm not going to make it up in here so you know i'll provide space and and safety and yeah Yeah. but like you said they have no and i say that too at the very beginning you have no experience being honest yeah and i'm not sure why yet maybe you weren't taught maybe there's you know you've had trauma after being honest um it's just scary to be honest, but you have no experience with it. And so I'm not expecting you day one to be perfectly pro at it. It is a learned skill and you can develop it in here yeah. with me. Please do, but yeah. <laughs> you, have, you should not do it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted um, to clarify that piece. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad you said that because you're right. If I, I, I don't feel very permission giving in therapy 
you know, I think you just learn ways to frame things that's kind of like, it sounds really nice, but you're also like, um, like holding people accountable. Yeah. 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 I think, um, sometimes, sometimes it comes out the right way. And I think later, like, man, I did that really well. I, I was basically saying this, but I said it like this. So he wasn't reactive. (laughs) Sometimes I say it too strong and I'm like, Oh man, that should have said it differently. But yeah. Yeah. It's a delicate process for sure. Um, maybe this is where we end this podcast because we've kind of been all over, but I have another topic I want to bring up. That is, to, this is taglining onto this one. Okay, so we're going to so maybe today. We hope that episode was helpful for you. And if it was, please like, share, or comment. We want to remind you that this is not a replacement for therapy, just a helpful resource to help you feel human.